You should've never doubted me I'ma work to my last breath I'ma hustle to my last breath Yeah, yeah Uh, yeah, you should've never doubted me The pain and the struggle followed me My daddy never been that bothered me And these cold streets made a man of me No time it'll come, they doubt me Had to keep them all Welcome back to the Why So Serious Podcast. We are finally back for some more movie reviews. Uh, I'm sorry everybody who checks in for our movie reviews. I've been having a lot of shit going on, but I think we're about to get back in the swing of things. And I got my man Rashani back for some more movie reviews. What's up, man? First things first. I, Rashani, watch all the movies. (laughs) Bad, good, or funny. I think they're all groovy. I'm just happy to be back in the building, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be talking about some movies again, man. Um, so, what have you liked so far? Before we get into this one, um, what have you? What uh, movies since I say this summer? What has been some of your favorite movies? I mean, this fall. Sorry, uh, what's been some of your favorite movies this fall? Dang, there's so many. Um, Ralph breaks the internet was a good watch. Uh, really enjoyed seeing that one with the kids. Um, dang. I'm going to have to go back and look at my history. Like, Did you see The I'm, Hate You Give? Nope. Uh, I haven't seen that yet either. Holder's great. The reason why I haven't gotten a chance to see it is because the day that I had ordered a ticket, it turned out that I was supposed to be doing an episode of a podcast. <laughs> so I had to cancel my ticket and sit back and do a podcast. Same thing happened with The Green Book. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gotten a chance to see that yet, but it's on my list. But um, I think I might go tonight. Oh, there were so many just thorough movies. Widows was off the hook, oh, even though yeah. it did. It did have a uh, Dusex Machina in it uh, that that I won't spoil for anybody, but you can see it coming from a mile away. Um, dang, what movies have I seen? I really got to stop and think about what movies I saw because it's <laughs> been a lot, and it's been a lot of time. Like we have not done this in a while, and I completely blame you. It's all my fault. I take eight thousand percent of the blame. Uh, and I feel like shit because I, I fucking love movies and I've been letting life get in the way. But I and a lot of that is even my own fault, too, because I could have went and saw movies, but I was being a uh, crazy person. So uh, I am past that stage now and I am ready to get back into what I love. So we are here today to talk about uh, Creed 2. Um, mm mm-hmm. Under the tutelage of Rocky Balboa, heavyweight contender Donna Scree faces off against Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago. This film was directed by Stephen Capel Jr., uh, stars Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone, Tessa Thompson, uh, all the people from the first films, uh, Felicia Richard, and also Dolph Lundgren's back as Ivan Drago. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what did you think about this film overall? Well, um, this is kind of like my other... Incredibles 2 type movie. Um, when I say my other Incredibles 2 type movie, there, Incredibles 2 was a movie that I've been waiting years for. And Creed 2 to me was really nothing more than Rocky 4 Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole premise was a continuation of that movie or a result of that movie and can really... Creed 2, which is a generic name, you know, it should have had a subtitle, and the subtitle should have been Creed 2, colon, The Sins of the Father. Yes, excellent. 
like because all of this uh th- this whole movie was based on three fathers reconciling the mistakes that they made that led to their children's uh present mistakes they made in their past led to their children's present um and i think that when you look at it like that it becomes a whole different movie i did have some issues with it but overall i enjoyed this movie uh for the beautiful time that it was uh the theater i went to see it in when i went to see it uh it was full of just black folks it was just magnetic it was magic in there and i i truly do urge everybody who goes to see a movie uh, if you can go see a movie with black people, that's probably the best way to see a movie ever. Because mm-hmm. uh, we may talk through the movie, but we look while you're getting mad about people talking through a movie. We're actually bringing up things that you may have missed about the movie that makes you want to say, oh, well, let me look back and see um, if, if, you know, how big of a deal that really was or blah, 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 or whoop de bam. So I thought it was a really good movie. I just thought that there were some things that they screwed up on, like, pretty bad. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I thought it was a really good movie. I thought they rushed some parts of the film, and then other parts they prolonged too long, so it was kind of a mixture of the two. Um, I really enjoyed the narrative that they were telling. Uh, It's an obvious narrative, so this is not one of those movies where you're going to be like, what's the twist? Like, you know what the twist is. Like, you know, this movie's very straightforward, and it should be, like... The story of this film is very straightforward. We spoil shit here, so basically uh, Creed becomes the heavyweight champion in the world. Ivan Drago, who's the guy who killed his father in the boxing ring, his son is now a boxer, and he is coming after uh, Adonis for his belt and to get revenge. And then what we find out is that it's also because after Ivan lost, he basically got exiled from Russia and all his wife left him or his girl left him and he's basically been shit ever since and so the film is a story of how adonis uh is trying to start um avenge his father but also some things his father did or didn't do that led to his death rocky uh they had a subplot with him and his child but also adonis is like his surrogate child and how he could have uh helped uh his dad from dying and then also uh, Ivan uh, and what was his name? Uh, Victor Drago and uh, his his growing up and what he had to deal with. So and they also they also kind of flipped it uh, for how they went from bare bones and what was motivating them to the money and what motivated them and how that affected their fight it was really really good. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about with this film is and I, and it's kind of started with Creed the first Creed film and moving into this one is. Um, can somebody please tell me at what point when Sylvester Stallone became like an actual actor? Because this dude was acting in these last couple movies. You know what? It it um it wasn't the Expendables, but it was somewhere between the Expendables and um was it Don't Throw Mom Off the Train, like. He has slowly but surely built himself into a credible actor. And I think that I really noticed it in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yep, yep. Uh, It was a pretty nuanced uh, uh, performance that he did there. And really, the performance he did here was really 
resembled the performance he did at Guardians of the Galaxy, like the pain that he had in this movie from uh, being a deadbeat grandfather and a deadbeat dad was reflecting the pain that he had in that movie when he was telling Yondu, we don't mess with you no more. So I think that he finds a way to act and then he sticks with it. And then somebody will suggest up to suggest a different way to him and he'll stick to that for a while and he'll just keep moving and moving, but it worked. This man is 72 years old and I watched the turn of Sylvester Stallone growing up and he was horrible. Like Mm -hmm. he was not good. Like people love those Rocky movies and I get why they love those Rocky movies. He was not good in those Rocky movies. He just, he was Mm -hmm. not, he wasn't good in those Rambo movies. Uh, Like, and then in this film, like the the facial expressions he's making, the nonverbal cues, just his the way he's just moving, like he's telling stories with just how he's walking into rooms and how he's walking out of rooms and how he just tilts his head sometimes. It's just I'm like, did he decide to take acting classes at 65 years old? Like when did this when did this man learn how to act? But it's there's parts in this film where you really get sucked into the moments, like you can feel the emotion between him and Adonis. You can see the pain that he's dealing with when he's like thinking about his relationship with his son and not knowing his grandson. And like you can just see it in in all like everything is just jumping off the screen. And I thought I thought he stood out in this film. Even honestly, even more than Michael B. Jordan. Because I expect Michael B. Jordan to be good. But I thought I thought Sylvester Stallone was absolutely the standout in this film. I didn't. Oh, who'd you think? Was Tessa? She was great. Too. Tessa killed it. Oh yeah, she Tessa was great destroyed awesome. every single scene she was in. Not only did she destroy every single scene that she was acting in, but she can sing. Who knew that? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. When I went on Spotify to see this soundtrack, because I was like, that bangs. I wonder who really sang that. And it was like, she really sang that? I was like, that's crazy. Oh, because she did the damn thing like it was a a Tessa Thompson is just she deserves way more respect than she gets in the uh world of acting I mean black women as a whole deserve more respect for the the dynamite performances they do but she took this film and was like I know that this is about boxing but hold up I'm about to put my stamp on it the um bad thing about her role isn't her. It, it wasn't anything about her. The bad part about the way that they portrayed her role was the only issue that I really have with the movie. Strong black women narrative? No. Women. Lord, no. Lord, no. The uh, having a deaf child is a, oh, yeah, it's a detriment. Yeah. Like, it's a horrible thing. Like, like, like they made it like Movies and and just people in general have an opportunity to change the narrative as far as what people have believed for so long about certain things. And we've changed the narrative to an extent as far as mental illness and mental health and whatnot. But this whole idea about a child being different or being less loved or being worse because they're deaf or they're autistic or they have Down syndrome or or anything like that is just so aggravating to me. It's like a it's a lazy trope. It is a lazy way to add drama to a movie that didn't really need that drama in the first place. That baby was 
beautiful. That baby was healthy and beautiful and vibrant. And they just had to say, oh, but she can't hear. And no, so what? She can't hear. Y'all already know sign language. Get cracking. You have a beautiful, healthy child. Go forward and be a great family. And so for that to just throw, I mean, I'll be real. Keep it real. I can see fathers going through some bit of uh, sadness or depression about their child not being what they expect them to be because of the toxic masculinity that's in us. Our child's supposed to be big and strapping and strong and all that kind of stuff. And when that doesn't happen, you're like, dang, okay. But why make Tessa Thompson broken up about it? Especially when she has here, she has. She's she's deaf. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. At first, and I agree with you 100%, I thought they were going to play it in a good way because when I first, when they first brought it up, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, she wasn't expecting to have a child right now, and so, of course, that might be something that goes through her mind and through uh, Adonis's mind. Like, okay, that makes sense. And so I thought they were going to play it as, like, um, what if the child is deaf? And they would be like, uh, if she's deaf, you know what? That won't that that will be. We might be a little sad, but we're gonna make it work. We're gonna love that child, and that's the end of it. Just move right on, like mm-hmm. immediately, because that's a normal. I feel like that's a normal reaction. Like every, like I feel like most good people are gonna love their kid no matter what. But there is gonna be, and I think there would be an initial thought in your mind, like if you found out that your child was deaf or blind or something like that, that you get a negative thought quickly, and then you go, you know what? That's still my child. It's the love of my life. I'm gonna make this work, and we gonna and I got a great, healthy child, and we're gonna move on. And so yep. I thought that's what they were gonna do. I thought they were gonna have that one scene where they thought about it, and you know they were a little bit sad, and then they were like, you know what? But that's that's right over. We're fighters. We gonna because the whole thing is about their fighters. And so I thought they were gonna be like, you know what? We're fighters. We're gonna fight through that. We're gonna be straight. And that's mm-hmm. what I thought it was. But then they go back to it after the child is born. And you get this whole long scene of them being sad. And and even that I understand, but they played they didn't play it as they didn't play it as like, damn man, I'm I'm sad my son because they didn't even cause this is what really pissed me off about it. Is they didn't play it as I'm sad that my daughter has to go through life being deaf. It it and I think that's what they were shooting for, but that's not how it came across. How it came across to me was I'm sad that my daughter's deaf. As opposed to, I'm sad that my daughter has to go through life death, and and that may seem like a small difference, but to me, there's a big difference. Um, there's a big difference there because it, it they were it seems like they were personalizing it with them, and they were making it about them having a deaf daughter as opposed to their daughter being deaf. Uh, so I didn't I agree with uh, Rashani 100. I didn't like that um, that part of the story a lot at all. But I did think the initial part of them bringing that up made sense, given her her disability. Um, how, but- well, yeah, it could it could have added to the conversation, right. like if they because a lot of folks honestly don't know that some of these things are genetic. Like they don't know that they just think that it's a roll of the dice. Like, but it's not. And so that could have been. Hey, let's educate folks real quick. Not the look. Rocky movies, and I was just talking with somebody about this at my uh, basketball game today. Rocky movies fit a motif. Mm -hmm. Rocky fights the first time. He's overly confident. Uh, He loses because he doesn't train well or whatever while the other person is going hard in the paint. Mm 
he goes, he licks his wounds, he's sad for a long time, he talks to people, he gets over his sadness because some breakthrough happens, and then he goes and trains in a different location, and he goes and he fights this person again, usually in their hometown or whatever, and then he gets beat up for a second, but then he comes out and he wins overall because he's gritty with a rock head. Mm-hmm. This movie followed that same thing to a T, which would have been fine with me, except for the sadness was his beautiful infant daughter being deaf. That was the sadness. It wasn't that he lost. Right. It was that his daughter was deaf. All of a sudden, he didn't want to communicate. He didn't want to do this. He's leaving out. Uh, come on, bro. Come on now. I understand. I, I, I don't. I don't. And maybe it's because I'm older and I've seen my kids struggle with mental health. I've seen my kids struggle with just life in general. And I'm like, you know what? All of them are still perfect, though. They're, they are perfect in their own way. They are beautiful to me. Your first baby, I know you expect perfection, but this just was not right. It wasn't right that they did this at the expense of this. They could have had something else happen where this baby, uh, they could have done something else to manufacture the drama. That's all I'm saying. And they that started baby, it because they started showing how he was spiraling after the loss. Mm-hmm. They started there. He was like not talking to Tessa. His mom was worried about him. He went to the um, he went to the to the boxing uh, training facility and then, and then backed and then out backed again. Out. Like they were showing how he was dealing with this loss and and this failure that he hasn't really felt before on that level in that way. And especially and I and I really love how they played up how he technically won the first fight, even though the whole world thought he lost. I thought that was a brilliant plot point in this film because they could have just had him lose. Like, Rocky just mm-hmm. lose, would just lose, get get knocked out or lose the fight. They had mm-hmm. him get his ass whipped, and then Victor Drago cheap shots him, uppercuts him while he's down to get disqualified. So, technically, he was still the champ. But he's basically, like, the, the champ that everybody knows lost, right? So, that's, like, even more shitty because you're walking around with this belt that the whole world knows you don't deserve. And so I thought that was a very, very good way to put that in the film uh, for him to go through that. So I don't think they needed to add that other part at all. So I agree with you. Um, I will say this. Um, what did you think about uh, – I did notice – well, I, know, I, I kind of have a feeling what you think about. But I noticed that uh, they didn't give Homeboy very many lines. Who? <laughs> oh, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. Victor was just cute. He was just supposed to be there to be big and bulky. He didn't say, like, his dad was his voice, period. Um, first of all, shouts out to them for having uh, Ivan Drago show back up and uh, talk about how uh, Apollo Creed's picture was up on the wall in Rocky's restaurant. I didn't know Rocky had a restaurant. Didn't nobody know Rocky had a restaurant because Rocky never talked about the restaurant. Oh, but he then had he the restaurant in rest- Creed 1, though. He did? Yeah, I he don't remember it. He that had part. It in Creed one. Yep, Adrian's. He had that in Creed 1. But, and, yeah, and I never seen it before then. And so he, he, you know, why is my picture on the wall and all this good stuff, blah, blah, blah. They only showed the sun during the training montages. <laughs> they only showed the sun during boxing matches. And they only showed the sun for a reason to have Bridget Nielsen show up in this film, or I'm sorry, Bridget Stallone to show up in this film. And and can we can we okay look, Rock, 
Sylvester. I'm going to call you Sylvester because you wrote this movie. No, you didn't. Somebody else wrote it. Wait, you had a part in it, though. I'm going to just call you Sylvester. Sylvester, whose idea was it to make it so then once Ivan Drago lost, his wife immediately left him <laughs> no, and married the no. consulate oh, yeah. of Russia. <laughs> but not even funnier than that, in the fight with Adonis, she left before it was over. Right. That nigga wasn't even out yet because he was winning by points. All he had to do was lash. And she was like, this nigga going to lose. <laughs> I'm out. I don't want to see this nigga get knocked out. And he left. And by the way, this nigga's name is, the dude play Victor, his name is Florian Montanu, I think. I don't know. He's This is his second film. And the other film, he was just a random dude. So this is his first, like, film. He had one scene where he said words, and he said it in Russian. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like, they left you. <laughs> That's it. That's all he said the whole film. But let me tell you something. He had a real good mean face. He oh, was, yeah. He had a good mean face. He could be. A, he can be a, make a lot of money and have a whole career being the muscle in movies. He can be muscle in movies or henchmen, and he can make a nice little career in Hollywood doing that. So he can also play if if if, if they had done him a service, he could have been the next Tom Hardy. Yeah, but Tom Hardy can act. But we only know that because they let him talk. Like, <laughs> this dude might be like the "Don't talk to me that way." I played Hamlet and Kim. <laughs> he might be English for all we know, but. Rocky was like, this is really me and Ivan Drago's movie, so we don't really need words from you. We just need you to box a lot. Um, I am going to say that I knew where the movie was going. Like, it's a Rocky movie. If you don't know what's going to happen halfway through the movie, then you're, <laughs> you're tripping. Um, because, again, I have every single Rocky movie on Blu-ray and on DVD, and I have Creed on digital. So here's the Rocky rules, ladies and gentlemen. Sit back. Like I said, he's overconfident. He doesn't train hard. The other person trains really hard and beats the shit out of him. He goes home, wallows in his tears, uh, recuperates for some reason, starts training in a different facility, comes back out, loses for a bit, comes out resilient and wins. Mm -hmm. In this movie, where he wasn't training hard, and did they really fight? Like, was it like it seemed? It really seemed like maybe three weeks after he won the championship. Like, it seemed really quick between him winning the championship and him fighting Victor Drago. No, they like, just it all seemed a, like that came yeah, together. They just did a time jump. But, yeah, they, they didn't they didn't tell you it was a time jump. They did they did a time jump because they showed him. They, they did a time jump because they you know how you can tell it was a time jump? You can tell it was a time jump by how far along uh, Bianca was. So True. when she first started, she was, you know, barely pregnant, like just after he won, you know, just, you know, because she, she didn't even know she was pregnant. And then by the time the fight came around, she had that bump. So they, that's how they was trying to show the time jump. But that's but they didn't true. show it. They didn't tell you it was a time jump <laughs> if you weren't paying yeah, attention. Yeah, just like, look at her stomach. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, look at her but, stomach. But um, so he steps into the ring against Victor, gets Molly Wap. Uh, he tells Rock, don't throw in the towel. No, matter of fact, Rock doesn't show up. He tells Avon Barksdale, <laughs> where's, where the fuck is Wallace? <laughs> Don't throw in the towel. Uh, 
He's getting molly whopped. He doesn't throw in the towel. He ends up in the hospital like his daddy did at the end of Rocky 1. As soon as he didn't throw in the towel, I knew that in the rematch, Ivan Drago was going to throw in the towel. I knew that was going to happen. It wasn't even a question to me. It's like, okay, I see they're playing this up a bit too much. They keep on talking about throwing in the towel. Rock didn't throw in the towel, and that's how your dad died. Uh, he should have threw in the towel. If this fight happens, don't throw in the towel. I'm going to go, don't throw in the towel. Okay, somebody going to throw in the towel in this movie. I if When it didn't happen the first fight, I was like, okay, he, he going to throw in the towel in the second one. And so at that point, unlike other folks who would have thought that and then been like disappointed or bored with the movie, once I figured out how Rocky movie was going to go, I could just sit back and watch it unfold. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very straightforward, but it was straight. Like, I had no problem with it. So here's the thing. People think they need all these movies to have twists and turns. Every movie doesn't need to nope. have twists and turns. Let me tell you something. And they just tried to twist this shit up and fucking he lost his second fight or, or you know, some or the, or the other dude just quits or some, some twist that you don't see coming. It would have made the movie worse. Wouldn't have made it better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm 100 percent here for this. Also, uh, another thing that I noticed in this movie is that um, Felicia Rashard has some type of serum that the, she needs. To she never ages because that woman is 70 years old, and I could have swore she was 40 years old in this film, mm-hmm. maybe 35. Like, there's no way that woman is 70 years old in this film. I don't know if she time mm-hmm. traveled, but. Um, she need to share whatever she got with the rest of the world because exactly that was pretty amazing, and she was acting. So I mean, she's always acting though. She was good. Um, it was good to see Dolph Lundgren back as Ivan Drago. Um, I love Dolph Lundgren on film. He's just I love on TV and film. I just he's funny on there. He's just he just got this presence to him that I really enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. In different films, uh, like Rashani said, Avon Barksdale from The Wire was on there. Andre Ward being uh, Adonis's new trainer, and then he worked with Rocky in the second fight on there. Um, what you think about my man uh, Russell Hornsby as the shady promoter? <sighs> I was gonna mention that. Uh, I think they should have fleshed out his character a bit more. I think that he did a good job initially seeming like like in Rocky Five, I think. They had somebody on there that was a Don King type nigga. He even looked like Don King. And uh had Rocky fighting against Tommy Guns. Um Russell Hornsby, I love him as an actor. I just felt like he didn't really they didn't really have a need for him in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um I I it it made me it amused me how often he was just like continent hopping. <laughs> just like he's watching Victor win. And then the next day he's back in Philly watching uh, Adonis Creed get the championship and championship. I got to stop saying championship, the chip. Um, but it, uh, I love him as an actor. I just feel like he was just another means to an end. Um, same as Avon Barksdale. Um, like, oh, yeah, your daddy, your daddy trained my daddy when he fought against uh, Ivan Drago the first time around. So you should train because uh, I train and we all train. No, and his daddy's still alive. He may not be on the film, but he's somewhere. So that was interesting oh, to me. Avon Barksdale. Oh, his, his daddy. Dad was- oh, yeah, his daddy's still alive. Yeah. 
Yeah. His dad was to get out of there. That's all I remember <laughs> him because that's what he would say in every movie. Get out of there. And um, I felt like this movie needed more ad libs. Um, like, because every other Rocky movie, I know that they were in the 80s and all, but whenever they were getting beat up in slow motion, they'd have somebody say, Look out! And then somebody <laughs> else get punched in slow motion, and the year somebody say, Get out of there! And then somebody else would get hit in the stomach, and then they go down. They didn't have that in this movie. That disappointed me. Um, let me see. What else? Oh, yeah, that whole Rock's a deadbeat dad uh, storyline didn't need to be in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I just, I, it makes sense. It fits the Rocky character, though. It does, but still, like, Okay, so you didn't really go into detail about why y'all fell out. Um, I had to guess. I just guessed that after his mom died, they stopped talking because Rock was a horrible dad. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He may have been a loving, caring father, but nigga, if you're worth one hundred million dollars and you lose all of it, you're a horrible dad, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if I'm your son, I'm like, fuck. We're poor now, and it's your fault. I don't want to fucking talk to you. Um, <laughs> I I just like I don't know the the did the son live in Philly like I felt like he lived right down the street yeah, from Rocky exactly Especially like when, when he knocked on the door me, also they tried to tell us that Rocky don't like to travel but somehow like Rocky made it out to L A Rocky made it to his son's house Rocky made it to Russia <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know I'm not gonna go down the street to my son's house like like. When he knocked on the door of his son's house, I really thought he was locked out of his own house. I was like, oh, Rocky, you dumb fuck. And then it was um, his son's house. And I was like, oh, that was sudden. Um, Let me see. What else? Him and Adonis falling out was stupid. Uh, It felt a lot like uh, Mickey talking to Rocky in Rocky 3 when Mickey was like, I'm not going to train you if you fight Clever Lang. Like I said, I've seen all of them, y'all. All <laughs> them joints. Uh, when he was like, I'm not going to train you if you fight Clever Lang because he's going to knock you into tomorrow. Um, basically, y'all, look, if you want a synopsis of Rocky Three, go listen to The Champ by Ghostface Killer and listen to Clever Lang or the impersonator for Clever Lang talk shit throughout that entire song because it's phenomenal. And that's really what Clever Lang did to Rocky throughout that entire movie, including... Uh, offering to have sex with his wife. Um, Rocky did that same thing to uh, Adonis. Adonis was like, you ain't my daddy, is ya? Uh, matter of fact, my dad will be here if you threw in that towel like you were supposed to, you punk fuck. Um, and then they <laughs> fell out. Like, dude, he got your daddy killed like a million years ago and you was all right with it until you want to fight this dude right after your boxing match ended. You just won the championship. Like, like shit. I'm going to keep on saying that. Like, you won the championship, went to get a cheesesteak, got cheered on by a gang of black folks, and I know there's more white people than that in that neighborhood. Like, they showed all black folks for some reason in that neighborhood. I ain't never been to Philly in my life, but I feel like there's more black people or white people in Philly than they showed in that entire movie. Okay, oh, about Philly. White people live just outside of Philly. Like, oh. All right. Um, also, what was interesting to me is how they made sure to show the Rocky statue, showing people really running up to the top of it and celebrating. Bitch, it was a movie. Calm your fuck down. 
Um, that just made me mad at Philadelphia overall because people really do run up those stairs and hop oh, around like Rocky n- did. Nigga, I went to school at Cows in Philadelphia. Trust me. They do that <laughs> shit. Yes, that statue's there. That's a real statue. That's not just for the movie. There's a Rocky statue. In, they have a statue of a fictional character in Philadelphia that people go to as a sightseeing, as a tour tourist uh, place in Philadelphia. Here's some other things that I laughed at this film. Adonis Creed has to be the most um, he has to be the most fiscal conservative heavyweight champion of all times. This nigga what won twenty eight fights, just won the heavyweight title, and living in a little ass one bedroom in Philly, and not even like a sweet ass one bedroom, like a regular ass apartment in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, the heavyweight champion of the world. Mm-hmm. And so, and like, I'm like, all right, all right. So he he's a he's fiscally conservative. All right, I got you. Here's the other thing. In 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 real life, in real life, people celebrate fictional ass Rocky and love that nigga. You try to tell me this nigga Rocky could have a whole ass restaurant that's empty all the time? Get what? If that shit was real, <laughs> Rocky's restaurant would be the most popular restaurant in the city, unless his food is ass. And he a whole, I know he makes some good Italian food. We saw that nigga making dough with his hands. Mm-hmm. About to make pasta with his damn hands. So I know he got good food and he's Rocky and nobody go to his damn restaurant. That's just so, I was like, all right, you trying to take me out of this film now. Like Rocky can't just be walking around the city and niggas don't just run up with him and try to take pictures. Cause let me tell you something. If Rocky was walking around Philadelphia in real life, niggas would try to run up there and take pictures with him. And he didn't even fight nobody in real life. So I was like, I, I don't know. They're taking me out of it a little bit. But it was just a funny thing. That is, I mean, the movie's not bad. I'm just making some jokes. But yeah, I was. Yeah, no, the movie, the movie's good. It just, it's it's a Rocky movie. That's so Rocky. there's Rocky things that happen. Um, there There's Rocky patches in the movie. That's, that's what we're going to call it. There's like these little Rocky patches, these little moments that they just can't get away from. Like, um. In Rocky Four, when Rocky got his ass whooped by Ivan Drago the first time around, uh, he decided that the only way that he was going to beat him the next time was to go to Russia and run around in the snow and chop wood and all that kind of shit. Aight. Aight. <laughs> so in this movie, after Adonis gets his ass whooped by Victor uh, Drago, Adonis decides that he's going to go out into correlations, ladies and gentlemen. Instead of going out into the icy frozen tundra of Siberia or wherever the fuck they were, he went out to the hot burning deserts of L.A. where they were hitting tires with sledgehammers instead of chopping (laughs) wood in half. And boxing with one foot in a in a in a tire. That's the funniest shit to me. <laughs> where you couldn't take your foot out the tire. Like I feel like that was a gang initiation. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was so funny to me. I was like, but you know what? That shit would toughen your ass up. I don't want it, no parts of that. <laughs> I, I'm not going in that circle. I, I am no not getting that. Did you see that dude? He was fighting. Yes. I don't want no parts of that. They look like Victor all over again. Like, this is Victor's little cousin, Richter. Um, <laughs> and so they all went out to the tundra and did their thing and then came back and fought. And the fight was fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, the fight was great. 
fight was, I mean, if you can't say nothing else about Rocky movies, they know how to stage a fight. They know how to, and I had to, I, 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 you know, shots out to whoever, uh, put together the choreography for those fights because real talk that's all it is the dance that's what that's what the boxing was it's choreography and it was done perfectly and it was just wonderful very brutal too very very brutal but then, you know what these fights made did all these fights made me was mad at wrestling i'm sitting here i'm over here a wrestling fan my whole life and i'm like wrestling is fake fighting so you can create the outcomes and all the moves and everything that you want. How is there ever a bad match unless the people just ask? Because when you watch this, these niggas ain't pro wrestlers. Like, pro wrestlers should be better at this than Michael B. Jordan and whoever this random dude is. But they made these fights look real. They made them look brutal. They were compelling. Like, you're in, like people in my theater were, like, into the fight. Like, they watching a the real-ass fight. Mm-hmm. Seeing who's going to win. And what, who, the, who, like that, like, making noises and shit. When niggas got crumpled, when he hit a, <laughs> when he went to the gut on him, it was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah black folks. That's a good-ass fight, man. And and I, I, I definitely enjoyed that. So, um, uh, before we get out of here, uh, what do you give this movie out of 10? <sighs> Um, before you say that, you got anything else? Yeah. So, one of my favorite parts of this movie, real talk, out of everything in this movie, and you got to know it was a good two-hour movie, hour and 45 minutes. One of my favorite parts of this movie was when he was in Russia coming out to fight uh, against Victor oh, Drago man. and came out and Tessa was leading him singing her song. Nigga, that reminded me so much of Mike Tyson with Pac in front of him rapping, I Got Chills. And Tessa is just so amazing. Mm-hmm. Just I'm, I'm going to go watch Ragnarok again because she is so awesome oh, in so many different about, ways. Uh, sorry to bother you, too. I'm not buying that movie. It's going to come <laughs> on Hulu pretty soon. The more I thought about it, the more I was like, if I buy this movie, Nisha might be like, why'd you buy this movie? <laughs> like, it's one of those hindsight movies where you're like, you know what? In hindsight, a lot of niggas ain't going to get this movie. Oh, this no. is art mm-hmm. cult. This is, this is a couture. This is a, <laughs> this is a high culture movie that folks are going to be like, you didn't get it? And then you're going to be like, yeah, I got it. When really you didn't get, didn't it. get it. But nah. Tessa is the MVP of that movie. That baby is pretty close to the MVP of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's her face? Uh, Felicia Rashad is like her and Angela Bassett just take queen lessons together because they are both just so fucking regal. Um, and Rocky is literally just like a palooka. Like he has worked hard to act that stupid and then just have moments of clarity that'll just like blind you and i was there for all of it uh the one thing that i didn't like was the fact that uh ivan drago was so mean to victor i wasn't feeling that like it wasn't established why like don't take your anger out on him because his mom left like he's he never had a mom no you know what he was he was one of those um like tennis parents or those baseball, like basketball parents, like those white parents that are like, I'm living vicariously through my son and he gonna make all my sins go away. 
What was that? What was that white basketball football player? Uh, Todd Marinovich, his dad. Yep. He that's who he was. He was he was the dude that was successful but lost it all and got shamed. And he gonna make his son fix everything that went bad for his life. Because there's a scene where they're at this dinner table and his son's like, "Why the fuck are we here?" And his son's basically like, "These people kicked you out. Why are you fucking parading around for them?" And he's like, "You know, I gotta get back to Russia. Russia is our home." Blah blah blah. And his son's like. Damn. Nigga, I don't want this life. I don't want this shit. Like, I, I fight because I want to fight, and I fight for you. But I don't want to be around these niggas. And he, and he said, like, I don't know that woman. He's talking about Bridget Nielsen's character. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't know that woman. Like, why am I over here, like, tap dancing for her? I don't know her. And I, I swear to God, if I was in a situation where my mom showed up with another nigga and I knew that she had walked out on us because my dad lost a bat- boxing match, <laughs> I would have left, too. I would have. Like... I'm, I'm, I have nothing to say to her. Don't uh, challenge me to say nothing to her. Don't ask me why I'm not being nice. Don't ask me why I'm not giving her the secret handshake that you and I have. Mm, shut the fuck up and let me ride home in silence. Please don't talk so, to me, woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, don't look at not. Hey, this is not a Mike Jones video. It ain't no back thing. You didn't want me. Now I'm hot. You all up on me. Like just get up <laughs> off me. Get away. All of a sudden we're. Rooting for you, Victor. Motherfucker, you know my full name. You better call him by the nickname you gave me when I was a baby. Look, you can see him steaming too in that scene. He was yep. steaming. It was just building up. They trying to give him um what they give him in that box. Um what the hell was that? They gave him something, like some Russia thing, and they gave it to him in the box. They're like having this super nice ass dinner. And he's just steaming. And then his mama walks in and he it looked like he was about to explode. It, that was like he couldn't he he couldn't speak act, but he was doing some good faces in this film. Oh, he he did some good smoldering. He was mm-hmm. he was quite upset throughout the movie, and, and you can tell why. Like I, all of his anger was justified. All of it, yep. And it kind of felt bad. I, see, what I I thought we were gonna get a scene where like him and Michael and him and the Donuts were talking, and he figured out like what the hell he was going through, because they both were going through shit at the same time, and I kind of like how they contrast that. The one thing, now that you mentioned it, the one thing that I wasn't feeling was uh, when they were doing the face-to-face thing that they do before every boxing match nowadays, like for promotions or whatever. And mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, Victor that I, that uh, Adonis got. Well, I guess that makes sense that he wasn't mad at Victor. He was mad at Ivan oh, Drago. Yeah, he killed his daddy. Yeah, that made sense in hindsight. Yeah, that made sense. Uh, so out of 10, what'd you get this from? Uh Probably a seven. It's still a Rocky movie, you know, and that uh, honestly, that whole thing about the baby being deaf did take a lot out of it because it, it had me thinking, like, what what kind of research did y'all do? Um, but the fighting was dope. Tessa was dope. Michael B. Jordan was pretty dope. Some of it, he seemed like I should be back in Wakanda. But um, <laughs> by and large, it was dope. I, I am going to buy it when it comes out and probably watch it every so often. Um, it really made me think about my dad because my dad was the one who would uh, was the Rocky fan in our family. So I was like, dang, he would have really liked that. But, you know, it is what it is. So he didn't get a chance to go and see it with me. Hopefully sometime in the future he'll get a chance to watch and we'll talk about it. But overall, seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half. Final answer. Yeah, this movie, uh, I enjoyed it. I gave it an eight. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. Had some small issues, but nothing to make you not want to see this. If you're into Rocky movies or you're into sports dramas 
or dramas in, in general, uh, go see this film. It's probably the best. Uh, this, along with Creed One, is probably the. It's definitely the best acted Rocky film. There is mm-hmm. uh, good acting up and down, um, up and down um, the cast. Uh, so go see this film if you're into Rocky movies. Uh, go see this film if you want to see a good movie this fall. A family film. It's pretty much a family film. You can you can take some. Kids you can take your kids. That. Yeah. So it's it's a good film. So go see this film. Uh, is it's definitely something you should enjoy. Um, before also last thing. Um, just tell everybody, uh, since it's been a while, about the single simulcast and all the other projects you've been working on since the last time you've been on here. Oh, man. So now uh, I do a podcast called Unburdened. It's a show about three black men discussing uh, mental health and uh, toxic masculinity and unwrapping in this world. Uh, we actually record live every um, Sunday. On Facebook, we record at about noon uh, Pacific Standard Time, and it's a good time. It's about an hour or so. Uh, we have spoken about such things as uh, the whole idea about black men not being able to be sick, like your dad saying you could take a sick, you could take a day off from school when I take a day off from work and never using vacation or anything like that. We've talked about expectations of our kids. We've talked about uh, marriage and uh, growth and things of that nature. It's it's really, really, really awesome. Um, of course, I'm still doing single simulcast in the Dream Team, and we're doing storytellers. Um, just waiting for the next episode to come out, but we have like two or three in the books now, just waiting to get rolling. So, uh, shout out to uh, Stephanie uh, from the Malcolm Minutes podcast, LSPN, and and Azure J. Uh, for putting that together. Um, but the other ones are just, you know, same as it's always been. Uh, just doing podcasts and hoping that everything turns out beautiful. I just want everybody to be happy. Same, man. Uh, so thank you for coming back. We're going to keep doing these, get back in the groove of things. Uh, I spoke with uh, Shantae Fabulous. She going to come on the show sometime this month. See, that's Shantae Fabulous. That is really fabulous, Roger. <laughs> So I can't wait for that. Uh, she hasn't been on since I think she came on for Black. What was it? Black Lightning. I don't know. It was something she came on for. Oh, Insecure. She was on for some Insecure reviews. So, uh, so she'll be back on for one of our weekly shows. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna be back soon with more of these movie reviews. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast at Spotify. Leave us a five star review. It helps us out a lot. Uh, and we'll be back later this week. Thank you guys for listening, and talk to you later. I got angels all around me, yeah, yeah. I got love all around me, yeah, yeah. I need a fighter to the